0: Welcome to Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic, where we promote integration and collaboration. Whether you are just starting your practice or you are ready to push the profession forward, we aim to provide you all the tools necessary to form relationships and educate your community. After all, spines of all sizes deserve to be adjusted. Welcome to our podcast and thanks for listening. Hey guys, it's Dr. Katie with Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic, and in this podcast episode, I want to go over one of my business basics trainings. Completely for free, I want to talk about how to identify an ideal client and how to identify a non-ideal client and how you can attract the right person into your practice. I think when we first get started, uh, we want to serve anyone and everyone. And it's noble, but it's maybe not right and it's maybe not sustainable. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit more about how to um, differentiate between the two of these and maybe about how to turn the non-ideal client into an ideal client and how to make our practice work for us. Before we get started, quick word from our sponsors. Hey guys, you know what I hate? Patient notes. They are the worst. The last thing I want to do when I come home from a long day at work is sit down and write about what I did. Um, I see a lot of patients, and it is near impossible for me to come home after a long day, interpret my chicken scratch on a napkin that I wrote about uh, the patient that I saw, and write them into my computer and send those records off. It also adds a lot of admin time. When I'm considering that I could be out seeing patients with the time that I'm sitting at home and doing notes, it just fries my brain. So thankfully, I found Carmi Swift of iPoint Touch. She talked me off a ledge. She found a program that worked for me that streamlined how I sent my records off. It streamlined my billing, my calendar, and literally things I didn't even know I needed and made me more efficient so I could spend more time with patients instead of sitting at home doing records. So if you want a little bit more information, this is the top of the line best animal chiropractic EHR that is available. I recommend you talk to Carmi Swift of iPoint Touch so she can get you a little bit more information and get your practice more successful. Again, look them up at iPointTouch.com. Hey guys, it's Dr. K with Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic. And the last thing I want for you in your practice is for you to open your animal chiropractic practice and then look around and say i really don't enjoy doing this i'm burnt out i don't like my clients i'm resenting my visits i'm always wondering when my next vacation is going to be because you probably left an associate position to pursue your animal chiropractic business in order to have a job you love instead of a career that you don't enjoy you guys so when starting your business we have to focus on what we love doing and who we love serving Because if we're always worried about profitability and where our next new patient is going to come from, we don't have a business that's going to be sustainable. I'm talking to myself here, you guys. When we get so busy, worried about our numbers, like I think stats are important. They absolutely are important. But we get so worried about our numbers. Maybe we get our heads down and we don't look up and we don't focus on who do I actually want to serve. And then I start to grow resentful and spiteful. And I don't want to treat those patients because they're not who I see myself treating. You guys, it's important to have a balance. It's important to have, you know, the type of people you want to treat in your business. Because I know you love animal chiropractic, but if you're treating the wrong clients, it can very easily make you want to get out of the field. So in this podcast, I want to talk a little bit more about how to identify a non-ideal client and how to attract the ideal client. So we're going to get into this, you guys. The number one reason people are a bad fit is because they are not in your niche. Bad fit because they're not in your niche. You guys... If you went into an animal chiropractic program because you love agility dogs and you want to treat agility dogs, but you're treating these old geriatric cases all day, you're probably banging your head against the wall because you're like, why am I treating these old dogs all day? I wanted to see working dogs. Then we may have a problem. You know, it's very important that you treat patients you love treating and your clients can feel... If you're not passionate, so it's important that you attract the right type of clients in the niche that you enjoy treating. So if I think to myself, why did I get started? Then if I identify that niche, say it's horses, say it's barrel horses, say it's uh, uh, sport horses. Say it's this type of dog. Say it's a post-operative dog, a geriatric dog. Maybe it's a working dog. Maybe it's livestock. Maybe it's show steer. Maybe it's show pigs. You know, what lights your heart on fire? That is your niche, okay, and that's the type of client you should be seeing. And you can have a couple of outliers that you still enjoy trading, but for the most part, 80 to 90% of your clients should be within your niche. The second thing Of um, The second element of a non-ideal client is the person has a draining personality. So we know that we're a certain type of person. So for example, my personality is I'm very down to earth. I'm slow to anger and very easygoing. However, I have a couple clients that I treat that are high maintenance clients and they're always worried or they're always focused on the negative. I call them negative Nancys. So if I have a negative Nancy come into my practice who's saying, Fluffy's not getting any better. Fluffy still limps and I'm paying so much money and he's not getting any better and I'm worried about his quality of life. Maybe I should just euthanize him. Maybe I don't want to see Nancy. Maybe I'm going to quickly go to resent my visits with her. So it's important to recognize this person is a draining personality type, and I need to have certain conversations with Nancy if she's going to be in my practice. Or maybe she doesn't need to be in my practice at all, really, okay? So if we do have Nancy's in our practice, we already have a non-ideal client here, maybe it's important how I redirect the conversation, because you are going to have a couple of those, especially in small animal, Um, and it's important to know how to talk to these types of people. In my program, I have what's called the six-point office visit, where I redirect, and I I say, you know what? Even though Fluffy's still limping, I'm seeing positive improvements here, okay? I never ask how a pet is doing. I say, what improvements have you noticed since last visit? Because it redirects these neg- negative nancies into the positive, so that way I can better help them. I can better serve them because I'm not having to pour from my cup into theirs. Instead, we are reaching down into the very bottom of their soul and pulling out some kind of positivity during their visit, okay? Okay. All right. The number one reason um, you are not happy with your non-ideal client is because they're not in the right niche or they have a draining personality. Number three, I kind of touched on this earlier, but financially they don't value you and your services. So maybe we're in a field where uh, people see us as a last resort. Just maybe. And maybe we're in a field where people expect results immediately and that doesn't always happen right so maybe people feel like um, you know fifty dollars is too expensive or you know whatever you charge is too much but in in business when we're thinking about how to make our business profitable how to make it viable so we can t- continue serving because we are paying our bills right we have to say this is what I'm worth this is what I'm gonna charge for my time if your number, is not aligned with the value the client is seeing well then if you keep charging and they keep complaining then you are going to quickly resent that person and servicing them. So if you have a client who always complains and says oh $50 is so much money I could go to Joe Schmo and he will charge me 30 bucks. That is a quick red flag. Oh you know what? I love treating you, but if this isn't the right fit, you know I want you to go where you feel like you're getting the best value for your money. I would much rather you go to Joe if you feel like this is the right fit, but I know that I serve my patients based upon what I see that I'm worth and what is right for me and my business so I can afford to continue servicing patients. If you'd rather go here, I know X, Y, and Z is going to serve you well. If your needs change the future, I'll be here. Here's my contact information. You don't have to serve everybody. If you're too expensive for that person, let them go somewhere else. Be the Nike tennis shoe instead of the tennis shoe at Walmart, okay? It's important to bring value and be the best that you can be, but also charge what you are worth because there's a difference between a $10 tennis shoe and a $100 tennis shoe, and you know it, but maybe the client doesn't. So it's important to say, you know what, this is what I'm worth. If you don't value me, please go somewhere else, okay? And then lastly, the non-ideal client, maybe there's a communication barrier. Maybe they just don't understand. With chiropractic, we have to recognize that 80% of the populace really doesn't understand what chiropractic is. When we're going to chiropractic school, we're in a bubble. It's like we're in a CrossFit gym, and everyone's working out, and they understand working out. But when we go to Walmart, that type of you know mindset is lost on those type of people. It's a, it's a foreign concept, maybe. So we need to think instead okay this person has no idea what chiropractic is they have no idea what's going on with their animal maybe i need to spend more time explaining what's going on so that way this owner understands because the number one reason a client is a drainer or financially doesn't value you is because they don't understand so i was talking to uh, dr claire in florida about a dog that she's treating, and the vet has diagnosed this dog with a CCL tear. And the owner can't afford the surgery. And the dog's older, so maybe they're not a good candidate as well. But um, the owner came in saying, my dog has this. What are my options? And Dr. Claire, you know, being a nice person, says this is our options, this is what we can do. But Dr. Claire didn't stop to ask, do you understand what's going on during a CCL tear? Because I find many people that come in, although they've done Dr. Google, it sometimes helps to take the extra couple of minutes to say, this is what's happening during a CCL tear. This is what we're seeing. These are where these compensations are. This is what a dog commonly does. So if you spend that extra time You can A, you know, help that person understand what's going on, and then B, understand why maybe chiropractic is not going to 100% fix it and manage their expectations, and then C, also build value for that person. They feel understood, so that way you and them are on the same wavelength. Okay, because the last thing I want is for them to have the expectation that chiropractic is an alternative and also is going to cure everything. Because as we know, in certain cases, chiropractic cannot solve everything. It can improve quite a bit. But if your dog's at 40 percent and chiropractic gets them to 70 percent, that's a huge improvement. But if the owner was expecting 40 to 100 percent, then our expectations are off. And it's a communication error that maybe we could help serve by spending a little extra time communicating what's going on. Okay, so the number one reason that we have a non-ideal client that's not a good fit is because they're not in our niche, they have a draining personality, financially, maybe they don't value us, and fourthly, the communication, there's a disconnect, okay? The second reason I find that clients are not a great fit is because of boundaries, okay? Real talk, you guys, we are nice human beings, but we don't need to be such nice human beings that we become a doormat, you guys, I don't want you to always pour into other people and forget your boundaries and then you grow resentful because people aren't respecting you and your time, okay? It's very important that you recognize this is when I'm working, this is when I'm not, and I need to separate myself from my doctor self, okay? We need to take off the doctor hat when we come home. So what this means, you guys, is my non-ideal client will require xyz of me and that's not who i am so for example a really big one for me is they make me not follow my morals and ethics so for me that looks like consent forms if an owner is asking me to adjust their dog and says you can do it without a consent form that does not follow my moral and ethical code nor the laws in my state. So I'm not going to work with that non-ideal customer. I'm going to send them elsewhere, okay? No consent forms. I don't treat your dog, okay? Because transparency is at the very, very top of my moral and ethical code for myself. And if a client doesn't respect that I want to be transparent with the entire veterinary team, the entire animal healthcare care team, then they're not my ideal fit, Okay, So if you have a code of moral and ethics and that person does not abide by that, they need to go somewhere else. Second, if a person always is canceling or no showing for your appointments or maybe they're not paying on time, they don't financially value you. Then maybe they don't see the worth in your time, so they need to go somewhere else. I was talking with another doctor about this who um, was treating these horse clients, and she's trying to set up her route, and a person didn't get back to her within a timely manner. So maybe there's a disconnect in communication and expectations of, hey, I need you to respond by XYZ so that I can set my route. If you don't get back to me, I don't come treat your horse, right? So I like to say your client failed you, okay? If you have. An idea of what you're worth, and some somebody no-shows you or cancels on you, and you don't already have a no-show policy or a policy about when it's proper to get back to you on when you're making these routes, then you unfortunately are going to be at the mercy of these owners who say, oh, you know, I guess I'll get back to her when I feel like it. I want you instead to have people being flexible to you and saying, you know what, I value you so much that um, you just let me know what's easiest for you. Let me let's make it happen. Whatever works for you in your schedule, I value you. I want to see you and I want to work together with you in your restra- your time restraints, right? So, if you have a, a protocol of I reach out this way in this manner, and if you don't get back to me in this amount of time, then I don't treat your animal. You need to have some kind of policy, some kind of boundary about this is how I do things, and if you don't do things the way I do things, well, then you can find another provider. If someone always asks you to practice outside of your scope, so say you're a vet and you want to do only animal chiropractic, and then this person is always asking you to do anal glands, nail nail trends, or can you look in his ear? Can you look in his mouth? Can you recommend a, a prescription medication? If someone is asking you to always do something that's outside your scope and you don't feel comfortable doing that, then say, look, that's not what I do. If you want to go to somebody that does that, you can make an appointment with XYZ. They'll take great care of you. But this is what I do in my practice and this is like what time I do it in. So say you do, you still do primary care and say, look, we're not doing that at this time. If you want an appointment for a nail trim, you can go up front and make an appointment at this time for a nail trim. Okay, it's important that we have separation of church and state based upon what our scope is okay then lastly if somebody makes you feel unsafe if you are going out to house call appointments and someone says something untoward to you or sexually advancing or harassing or say they're you know their pet isn't getting better and they harass you on phone call after phone call after hours maybe they're not the right fit for you because they're invading your boundaries i really really personally and professionally would like you to write down for yourself this is something that is a no-go for me. This is something, a type of client that I will not treat. If they do this, I will not treat them, okay? So I personally, my no-go's are my morals, okay? If they contact me after hours, these are my business hours. If they always contact me after hours, I'm not gonna respond. If they always cancel or no-show, or if they don't pay on time, if they ask for recommendations outside of my scope, and if I feel unsafe, they are not my ideal client identifying non-ideal clients you guys is all about the fit if they're not in your niche they're a draining personality they financially don't value or maybe they struggle with understanding communicating what's going on with their animal or maybe if they don't respect your boundaries like your morals your no-show policy your scope of practice if they don't pay you on time if they don't respect your office hours or if they make you feel unsafe these all could be non-ideal clients and these types of people if you continuously treat them can make you Stop practicing animal chiropractic, which is what I don't want. So you guys, let's start about let's talk about starting your practice the right way. Let's talk about attracting your ideal client in the first place. Okay, it's very easy to do, but we have to be intentional about it. So I want you to get out a piece of paper, and in the middle of that piece of paper, I want you to write when you first started animal chiropractic school, I saw myself treating this type of patient X. Okay. I want you to write what that type of client is. Maybe it's barrel racers, show horses, show jumpers. Maybe it's agility dogs. Maybe it's FFA livestock. Maybe it's geriatric dogs. Maybe it's fill in the blank. Okay. I want you to write in the middle of that piece of paper, what that type of client is, who you saw yourself treating 80 to 90% of the time. Okay. You're going to have outliers. Of course, 10% you may treat outside your niche, right? But what is that niche that you want to treat? Okay, you guys, I want you to think about how you can build a tribe of people that you want to see. I don't want you to always focus on new patients. I want you to focus on these ideal patients and how you can serve them to the best of your ability. Now, when you write in the middle of that piece of paper, this is the type of niche I want to treat. I want you to draw a branch off of that. And I want you to think to yourself, okay, I want to treat agility dogs. Who owns these agility dogs that I already know, okay? Write down a couple of people. Draw another branch and say, okay, well, where are they going? What type of places do they shop at, okay? And write that down. Draw another branch and say, what kind of products are they buying, okay? Draw another branch and say, what other service providers are they using? What vets do they go to? What massage therapists do they use, okay? Draw a branch for each of these individual things, okay? And then think to yourself, how can I get on these people's radar through association? So under each individual branch that you drew, I want you to write action plan steps, okay? So say, for example, I want to treat agility dogs. And I know these agility dogs go to this pet food store, okay? So I'll draw a branch and I'll say, um, you know, Sam's Pet Food Store, okay? And then I'll write bullet point number one. I'm going to go on Friday to Sam's pet food store and introduce myself to the cashier. Okay. And action step number two, I'm going to maybe next week after that, I'm going to go and bring them some brochures. And then the week after that, I'm going to maybe talk to them about setting up a table and talking to their clients, doing a screening. Okay. So, Three action steps under each bullet point of how can I associate myself and plan an action step about how to market to this type of client, okay? And very quickly, you're going to come up with a way of marketing to this person and coming on their radar, you guys. It's very easy to actually do this because, um, you know, say a pet food store uh, you think of and then you go to that pet food store and then maybe you go to... um, you know, this, uh, the pet food store tells you about, um, you know, well, these people, they congregate on this social media group, okay? And then you go on the social media group, and um, you start to be social on social, and you answer a couple of the questions. So say you're Agility Dogs, And you go to Sam's Pet Food Store and he says, oh, you know what? There's um, this uh, social media group that all these agility dog owners go on and it's called this, okay? Agility Dogs Dallas, right? And maybe I go on Agility Dogs Dallas and I see a couple of posts of my dog has back pain. What do I do? Um, My dog's not very flexible. My dog's having trouble with this. And then I go and I answer those questions and I say, if I can further help you, here's my website, okay? Or maybe I go on... Um, you know, I go to Sam's Pet Food Store and I say, what are your top, uh, you know, five couple clients on here? Um, do you do they have, you know, an Instagram account? And I go and I follow them on, on Instagram and I leave a comment and I say, oh, Fluffy's looking so great in the ring. Uh, let me know if I can uh, help you guys achieve better performance. And you drop your, your hashtag, right? So, you guys can very easily see how action steps are going to lend themselves once you start drawing these branches. Okay, and there can be infinite amount of branches. And then maybe you know you say you know there's this client and they're seeing this vet. And then maybe you go and meet that vet. And then that vet sees ten to twenty of your ideal clients. Right? It's all about targeting the right type of people who are already servicing the type of people you want to serve. Okay and it exponentially grows from there and then you'll f- quickly find yourself seeing the type of people you want to treat okay so let's move from the non-ideal clients into the more ideal clients by being intentional by drawing this graph and by making action steps that we can practice in our day-to-day pra- in our day-to-day <laughs> calendar um, and just make time for doing these things and outreaching into your community because people that reach into their community um in my experience, like their jobs a lot more okay Don't think about how can I get my next new patient think about how can I build my tribe and how can I be a part of my community and serve the type of people I want to serve. you guys? Thanks for tuning into the podcast. I hope these free tools have served you and your business so you can serve more patients. It's really tough being an animal chiropractor. I know it. You're trying to meet all these people, trying to get their vet to sign these referral forms, and you don't know if you can make your business work financially. It's hard. I get it. Now, when I first got started, all of my chiropractic mentors told me you have to do all these marketing events, meet all these people you don't know, shake a lot of hands, and get them into your practice. I was always wondering where my next new patient was gonna come from. And if I'm being honest with you all, it wasn't sustainable. It always put fear in my head that I would never have the practice of my dreams. So fast forward a couple years, and here I am with a successful and thriving animal chiropractic practice. And it took a lot of mindset shifts in order to get here. What I thought and what I was told would work didn't work for me. So I had to develop a program that worked for a strongly introverted, kind of awkward person who just loves animals and wants to serve them well. I had to shift away from always thinking about where I'm going to get my new patients in to instead focusing on the relationships I built in my community and becoming an authority figure on animal chiropractic. So you guys, I have a free course. That's going to tell you a little bit more about how I made these mindset shifts and why I started this Making Strides movement so that way we can push the animal chiropractic profession forward. Please join us on Making Strides for Animal Take the free course and see what it has to offer you. Hey guys, Dr. Katie here. Thanks for listening.